0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's Access Media Station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound. I'm your host Ian Turner, and my guest today is Jack Wolfe from band Little Fang. Before we get to the show, I'd really appreciate, if you enjoyed what you hear today, to subscribe. Just head to gardenofsound.nz and hit one of the links on the front page. Okay, little fang. Or at least today, band leader Jack Wolfe, a Durham native who's bought two Kiwis and one other Brit together to produce a rich and dense palette post-rock that's enthralling audiences across Ōtutahi. With their first album released, Little Fang are on their way to much bigger things, including a spot at Go Live Festival this month. But is the rest of NZ ready to feel the bite? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Jack Wolfe on Planes FM 96.9. Jack, first, first memory of music?
2: Good question. Mainly because then you just go into a weird state of trying to remember your earliest memories as a child and no good. But really probably uh Why parents is that? Oh no, not not no good and sort of I'm gonna come out with abuse stories <laughs> and be like, Well, the whippings mainly, that's that's one of the reasons that's bad to go by there, you know, getting pushed around. Um Really, It's just hard to remember, but probably Beatles records. Lots okay. of Beatles records with the family, but um, growing up we were we were broke as shit. Uh-huh. We were sort of northeast of England, sort of should have been down the mines uh-huh. at that point. So my parents would take us to uh, concerts they couldn't afford to go to and just go to the hill next to the stadium. So we heard, I think, Tina Turner and the Rolling Stones. Amazing. That way, just on a hill, sort of getting the weird reverberation from the stadium. Do you feel you're
1: richer for having a a different kind of musical upbringing in
2: that respect i mean i don't know if, if richer probably probably better to be in the stadium i would have thought and actually okay. hear the things clearly if and be like oh i see what's going there on there wasn't more
1: family <laughs> bonding time together as Just, you had your nice little picnic of your picnic It's the or north, something
2: it's the northeast of england it's okay. freezing yeah okay, <laughs> completely so it was, it was pretty diabolical diabolical you, but fun i guess yeah
1: uh when was your first sort of introduction to uh, performance
2: in England, I was asked to sing in front of an entire giant assembly, mm-hmm. uh, "Little Drummer Boy," okay. by myself. And of course, being a small, probably sort of four or five year old, wow, getting ready to do this. Wow, you, you've you've given this so much gravitas for, yeah, <laughs> for is, "Little Drummer Boy." This is huge. It were you, was huge. A so, cappella
1: uh, or accompanied?
2: Just by myself. Wow. Um and. I practiced at home, which led to about, I'd say, 10 years solid of my brother taking the piss out of me by singing little drummer boy at me, which I think, to be honest, put me off singing for a really long time. Like, honestly, my life- Come, oh they I was like son of a bitch. I'm going to kill him. Um, that really probably put me off singing for a very long time. So really, it's just been a, a journey of me me climbing back from Little Drummer Boy.
0: To, what was yeah. the
1: what was the public response though? Do you remember the
0: crowd? Oh, uh,
2: the, yeah, there were parades afterwards. Yeah, I was given a key to the city for Fantastic. you know services to music. I mean, that's yep. how I got my knighthood. So it's really all. All set the scene for everything. It went well. Okay. it's I, I don't think I've ever felt nervous or worried on a stage okay. Every, the various weird things we've done over the years. Yeah. The, that's never been something that's really bothered me. So music was there. When did you pick up a guitar? Um, I, didn't, I didn't pick up a guitar for ages. And it was really my sister who was sort of the musical one. Yeah. And I think I kind of thought it was a closed shop. So I, I always loved music. But thought it was something for them, for the kind of chosen few who uh-huh. knew the secrets of it. And so it was only really end of high school that I actually really started guitar and thought, hang on a minute, maybe I can just find my own way. Because I I love this music so much. And so there was a couple of songs I wanted to learn. Weirdly, for the longest time, I had this this really stupid idea that, oh, no, you had to kind of have something or it had to be this sort of obvious path for you to be musical and thought oh no that's that's for other people so so really it was a very very long time till I picked up a guitar and I wonder some somehow if that's maybe worked in my favor and since then I've always felt behind there's always been better players there's always been people more competent that there's kind of been this urgency that oh, oh shit I've got to catch a quick where's a guitar now I, I can't be talking here because I need to be practicing to catch up to all the other people who've started much earlier with their sort of you know music and lessons and that
1: early to mid noughties what sort of bands you're listening to
2: probably at the time flaming lips black rebel motorcycle club uh mogwai a lot of british bands Mm -hmm. i think i had so the brother the same one with the taking the piss out of a little drum boy also just happened to have the most amazing sort of cd collection of all time he'd just go into town and sort of be a pest at sort of Echo Records and some of these great old CD stores that used to be in Christchurch Mm -hmm. and would just slowly collect sort of a CD collection of all the all classic rock, all 90s rock of just absolutely amazing library and that was just kind of there at the house. I was really listening to everything in that time sort of, oh yeah, who are the Doors? I'll find. Oh, cool! I've they're all there. I'll I'll go. You know, and you'd have sort of a week. You'd oh, I've been into Metallica this week. Now I'm over it. Now I'm moving on and going to this. So yeah, were there listens? No. So <laughs> so for the for the longest time, I just self taught. Tried to figure out what I like, which I think led to a few sort of oddities in my playing. Mm. Um, so if you ever see me on stage, uh, pro tip: look at my little finger. And it's kind of like a scorpion. It's binary. It's either fully off or fully on. So it's doing this weird sort of leaping action, which I think is just an oddity of me. So it was only years later I thought, oh, hang on, I should probably pick up some of this and sort Mm. out a guy who's an absolutely wonderful jazz guitar teacher. And so... And who is that? Andy Mara. Okay. He has one of the best sort of Instagram, YouTube things that sort of internationally (laughs) sort of picked up that his ability to just write the most beautiful, intricate pieces of music, mm. and some of his technique is just absolutely out of this world. So I think people who have kind of gone through uh, jazz school here in Christchurch mm-hmm. come out just absolute monsters. Yeah. And so he's one of those guys. So just, yeah, absolutely in awe of his kind of skill on guitar. So he's, yeah, check definitely check out Andy and, yeah.
1: Before we get back to influences in our first song today, um, what do you play? What guitar do you play?
2: The guitar I sort of fell in love with the most was a Tele Deluxe. Okay. So it kind of has the, the Tele body, but mm-hmm. with more of the strat sort of shaping, okay. humbuckers. Yep. And it's just an absolutely beautiful piece. And so what happened to me is I um, was young, broke, wanted this guitar, and found out I couldn't afford it. So did what any enterprising uh you're a young, Stole stupid. No, no. I, I, now that I'm thinking about it, why didn't I? Oh, that was much yeah, easier. It's a great story. The life of crime. Yeah. Well, I just found found I could order parts and just slowly get. It was uh-huh. kind of getting it on layby. Was I just got? I bought a neck, and so just had the neck of my guitar sitting in my cupboard for wow. about a year before I could afford the body, and then happened to be in England and got some amazing sort of hand wound yep. pickups from there yep. and so it was really over time i assembled my sort of perfect telecaster deluxe wow and sort of got a black belt cut that up turned that into the strap and put together so that's my main guitar so that the really sort
1: of, is yours that's your creation
2: yeah me me and you guitar we're, we're in this together so yeah that Tele deluxe and me yeah
1: we're going to listen to some music uh you've already talked about uh Stones Turnip, uh, and you also mentioned Mogwai. What does what does Mogwai mean to you?
2: I think it's almost a meme at this point for anyone who actually knows me of just how over the toply into Mogwai I am. Um, so they're a Scottish post rock band. So completely instrumental. Just
1: explain explain the word post. In, post anything, in, it's yeah.
2: Why can't it just be rock? Well, and this the band itself really hates the term, which is great because they, they're going to post post rock. Okay. and, and they've, they're kind of one of their quotes is post rock is the beer after the gig. That's sort of- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> Um, but but their, their kind of thing is, I think, w- where people talk about post-rock, it was like, you had rock, and so you had f- four idiots on a stage playing guitars with drums and bass sort of thing, yep. which I must admit is exactly what we are, yep. but this idea of going... With that same framework, could you do something more interesting musically? So you're still using those same instruments, same things. Are you trying to do something a bit different? That that's kind of the music press term of that. But what it really sort of boils down to, most of the times, it's just instrumental rock, and usually it's quite big okay. and powerful. Okay, that's that's usually what it what people right. mean by
1: it. And probably doesn't fit the first chorus, first chorus bridge, yeah, chorus
2: chorus kind it's, of. It's kind it's of kind bang. of quiet bit, very loud bit. Yeah, another quiet bit. Okay, really loud bit. Okay, and that's that's sort of your palette. So I think musically, I've kind of—it's been my Achilles' heel, because all I've ever really wanted to do after hearing it is just play guitars too loudly. There's something about—it's reasonable. Well, I thought so, but everyone else, you know, they they no, no, why are you hurting my ears? <laughs> why yeah. are you doing this to Get us? Get some
1: but, decent earplugs.
2: That's uh, yeah. Um, what track are we going to hear from Mogwai? They have a multitude of wonderful tracks and even an album recently that's been fantastic. But um, this particular song, Rano Pano, is just so overtly loud and something about the stack guitars and what you want to do listening to the song is turn... Turn the volume up as loud as you can until it hurts your ears, and then just a little bit further. And it's just that overwhelming, simple guitar riff that sort of builds on top of other guitar parts that I think has been a bit of an influence for what kind of wanted Little Fang to sound like.
1: is the Garden of Sound interview with Jack Wolf of Little Fang on Planes FM 96.9. Jack? Um, yes? Uh, hello. <laughs> Boy! <Sir. laughs> um, uh, short of being on a hill outside a, um, a concert. Um, well, actually, apart from those gigs, what was your first big gig uh, that you attended that you took something away from?
2: Uh, I very much took something away from um, my first ever gig, which was seeing Supergrass. Uh, cool. Sort of great Brit rock band or Brit pop band that's probably underrated, absolutely underrated as they came a little later in the cycle in sort of Oasis and Blur, but they played the town hall in Christchurch. I was quite young. I had to paint my family's fence for a, a week to get the money to go to the gig. My older brother convinced my parents that it would be okay for me to go while being so young. How old were you i think i must have been 13 14 which oh, which yeah yeah and so my brother pretty much took me to the gig took me to the front center as we got there early on the kind of guardrails. yeah propped me up there and said hold on to these don't move don't let go and then he he went into the crowd and supergrass who are an absolutely fantastic live band so much energy and sort of perfect one of the best live bands i think you can see yeah and yep. you might not expect And so that's just seeing that as just like, well, this is, that's everything. And uh, my brother actually, in gaining brilliant sibling points, managed to crowd surf, jump onto stage, stage dive off, got pulled out of the crowd by the bouncers. And as he was being dragged out by the bouncers, leaned over and high fived me on the way out. And, you know, you're just like, well, that's good. That's a good look, isn't it? That's that's something to aspire to is doing stupid shit like that. So, yeah. Tell me about how uh Little Fang formed. Being big into instrumental music. Yeah. I was just playing guitar at a party and had some guy come in, hear me play guitar. Yeah. Um, Obviously registered that, oh, okay, you're somewhat musically competent. Mm. And so you go, what bands are you into? And I said, oh, all these instrumental bands. Yeah. And so... um, he pieced together the can play guitar is into instrumental music and so his obvious first question was would you like to be the singer in my band
1: Okay. Which, you know... You were singing as well as playing?
2: Not at all. Oh, really? Not in any way, shape or form. How do you make that leap? I, I still to this day don't very know. low standards? But I, perhaps. And by chance, to, this, to this day, we still have those no, low I standards. Disagree, I disagree. Uh, but funnily enough, singing, I love singing and was very happy to say yes. and sort of. But re- really, there's no magical part of the story other than good friends that like playing music together in a shed sort of thing. Sure. Yeah.
1: Who, um, who is in the band and who who plays what
2: uh we got three wonderful guys that are really good friends of mine so um so josh on drums absolute monster very very big sort of tool influences so all the danny Carey stuff comes through it's drummer in the world you say that it's so absurd with the timing things that you're almost it's it's almost a joke but at the same time you're like but so so insanely good that you don't know how to feel about it anymore but um josh not so secretly wants to be in a doom band so Uh. i think ideally would play everything at sort of a quarter the tempo um but is absolutely wonderful guy. Um, we've got um, Andrew on the other guitar. Andrew sort of wants to be Keith Richards. Okay, is is the thing in what way? In all possible ways, I think old drug addled. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, okay. that. He's Brilliant. really he's really shooting for that. So. so anything he can do to really age his skin, he just jumps right into it. It's just how is he getting uh, on, uh, on on that mission? A good. He's yet to buy a bandana, which I think would really set the whole thing into motion. So okay. you know, okay. but he's he's trying his best on that front. And then we've got uh, Mike who's the other pom in the band yeah. so it's pretty much me and mike trying to push british influences on everything okay. and so is mike the bassist he is the bassist okay. yeah mike mike the cool person mike, obviously. he's so cool so pretty much it's me and mike trying yeah. to push british influences on the other two kiwis and, Josh and, and Andrew. sort of finding okay. finding something in the middle although the mike's the sort of queens of the stone age and that really comes through in the playing that just that beautiful yeah. heavy driving bass is just oh couldn't couldn't ask for a better group of guys to play with really. Uh what was your first gig together like? It was good. We we, we opened a bar for someone. Uh so it was the opening of the institution on New Regent Street and uh-huh. we, we played the gig. Okay. And it went well. Um we had good comments from our friends like you guys actually sounded like a band. Good. Uh to which I responded, Good, that's what we were, what going, were going, for. going for. That's that's what we were aiming for. Yeah. Um Probably one of the the main lessons is like just failing, failing constantly along the way on so many gigs where just things go absolutely abhorred, absolutely wrong, Are they things um, outside your control ah uh, I mean let's be fair <laughs> many many in my control. <laughs> spend more time practicing okay don't do so many stupid things on stage because okay. I, I don't know I like I like engaging with people one of the amazing things about gigs is you you engage with the audience and you you have this shared moment and I think in Christchurch that's something funny that audiences are quite standoffish oh damn so yeah, I just yeah. get it really in my head that I want to to kind of force ourselves onto the audience this sort of thing and I remember one gig I I just got in my head that I put down my guitar and I just mid-song went around and just just said hi to everyone in the audience. And the trouble is, as I was doing this, as I sort of went, hey, handshake, how's it going? How's it going? How's it going? As the rest of the band's blasting away in sort of the background, as I came across a good friend. And of course, you know, a handshake wouldn't do for that. So I hugged them. And then I realized I couldn't really go to hug and then back down to sort of hi. So I ended up just going around and sort of hugging everyone in the venue okay. for some reason. And, you know... That's I mean maybe that's too direct a way to, okay. to meet uh, engage your, with your audience.
1: So would you say that sort of cult status? That uh, little thing is it's
2: more of a, a religion or well, more of an more of an experience? I I think there's just something of and maybe this goes along along with wanting overly loud music is I just like the idea of music being sort of emotionally and physically overwhelming that some sometimes when you have something like that that I just want to get a response out of out of people one way or another be it through sort of the emotional content of the music or the sheer force of it there's something that could be quite like powerful about music and it's always something I don't think we're there yet it's just something that would be nice to aspire to that some of the gigs I've went to have kind of almost had that sort of quasi spiritual experience where you just kind of completely swept away with it and you know, I think that's a really lofty goal that we're absolutely miles off. But I think that's something that, yeah, that keeps me going. That, that's something that, you know, writing and performing music is knowing what music can be in those sort of situations is, is wonderful. Going, yeah, I just love to have that sort of moment with an audience where you're just there together and we're all just swept away in this kind of wonderful noise, you know.
1: All-time favorite track. We got uh, an artist or, or a
2: track out of the multitudes. There's, so, there, it's, it's such a good because there's so many things that you just want to play and repeat. Like we should be here for hours and just be like, oh, and then this weird album. But um, one you can't go past like David Bowie, of mm-hmm. course, in terms of, you know. Had you seen him play live? Full disclosure: uh, this aforementioned brother who's come up a lot. Um, him and his partner. What's his partner, name? Well,
1: let's call him out.
2: Joe. 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 Hi, Joe. So, Joe asked me when I was younger, uh, do you want to come see David Bowie in Wellington? Yep. And me at the time, not being immediately familiar with David Bowie, said, "Ah, it's fine, don't really Mm -hmm. worry about it. And then, so they went, uh, apparently it was raining, some of the audience left, and David Bowie played the entire concert in the rain. Apparently it was this amazing, absolutely wonderful experience. And that was the last time he ever played New Zealand. And then he died, which uh means that probably my chances of getting to see him are quite quite low. It's a real outside okay. sort of shot now. That's so I always yes, it is. So later really getting into David Bowie and realising my mistake.
1: Do you think something happened in the world when Prince and uh and David Bowie left around twenty yeah, sixteen?
2: Everything something did happen. Everything got more shite. That's that's what happened there. But yeah. I, I I don't know I think both of those artists left enough of an amazing legacy that you know of course we want more but yep. you know we got something amazing in the timing with sort of black yeah. style with Bowie is like god damn it man how can you how do you die that well like how do you how do you pull that off like like son of a bitch you've, yeah. you've made the rest of us look terrible yeah. how is anyone else going to top that sort of thing that, okay. yeah what track are we going to hear? Uh, so this is kind of one I like uh, from Station to Station, which is a weird sort of in-between album for Bowie. So it came off the back of him going to America and doing these kind of funk record sort of styles and then sort of locking himself up in Berlin with sort of Iggy Pop and Brian Eno. Hilariously, all the stories with this album were wonderful. Like uh, Bowie can't actually remember anything from the recording process because he was so high on cocaine, um, including... During that time, apparently he was scared and would just hide in his house because he literally thought witches were trying to steal his semen uh, during that time. So so that's the sort of real headspace you want to record an album at. And so this song in particular, uh, TVC One Five, is fantastic, uh, super funky, super fun, and is about Iggy Pop, uh, Jim Osterberg, being so high he thought his television was going to steal his girlfriend. And it's just no... Better subject material for a song exists ever anywhere and so it's just fantastic and it's just the best song about virtual love and technology and the best through the lens of cocaine up Iggy Pop and David Bowie that I how can you not love this song yeah.
1: This is the Garden of Sound interview with Jack Wolf from Little Fang on Plains FM 96.9. Right. At the end of this section, we're going to play um, what I believe is going to be your next single, not released as a single yet, but still available or not out? What's the... It hasn't it been is, released?
2: It is. So we released an album recently. Yes. Our first... What's uh, that called? Debut album, which is called Violence. Violence. Because we're sensible and calm, yep. peace-loving individuals. Um yeah. Yeah. More more violent and that's the sort of musical palette rather than any call for physical violence, you know. Right. We're all we're all pretty chilled really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Um so the album's out, so you can you can just go listen to these songs. So in terms of single releases it's just more us uh, pushing that as a, yeah right, saying okay. hey look by the way maybe maybe give this one a go off the album
1: how did you come to write anna
2: so that was me attempting to read sort of russian literature so this was anna karenina why
1: why did you want to go and do
2: that that's a good question isn't it why does anyone why do you read you why fool? do you read for we got a reader yeah <laughs> Um, I okay, like fine. I like reading and there's sure. some there's some good good classical literature out there yep. and I think really it's surprising with kind of Dostoevsky and sort of Gogol and um, Tolstoy that it's actually pretty relatable and so this was me attempting going okay I should do my my work and actually read these books and I think the writing process often it's several ideas kind of come together so okay. so Anna was me looking relating the character to sort of people I knew in my life as your sort of brain does and so eventually I wrote the song about someone on their deathbed sort of looking back at their life and sort of Assessing it through the lens. So it's really this dour idea because we're all cheery um, Fun-loving individuals. Yeah, through this kind of lens of this character and also sort of people I knew in my life that Uh you end up with this weird Miasma of a a song so then yeah, that was that was this great song and me trying to do my best Dylan impression and the sort of verses Mm -hmm. and Rocked up to Orange Studios um, out in Ferrymead uh, with the absolutely amazing Tom O'Connor. Okay. And yeah. What did Tom bring to to the process? Managing to restrain and control us idiots. I just couldn't have had a better person to go, I see what you're attempting to do there. Why don't we do it in a more coherent way? I have a lot of strong ideas about sort of timing and tempo and sort of looseness in music. And it was great having someone that could come alongside and rather say, "No, no, you can't, you can't record like that." Of going, I see what you're trying to do with your weird, terrible ideas about music, and I can help make them work. So, having another person in the room to just say, "Well, why, why don't we try this in a very soft way?" was was wonderful and super, super amazing, talented, really, really fantastic guy. So, yeah,
1: what does the rest of the band bring to the creation? process because you you are quite a snacks a beer uh, character
2: <laughs> quite a veer character ouch <laughs> no uh, the, i
1: mean that in a nice way yeah right?
2: yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no <laughs> oh yeah i am a lot um and i do <laughs> see yeah no no i know it. i know i'm taking this i know, it. I know it. Um, guys i've come up with a song it's about anna karenina and this sort of like oh god damn it he's done it again this son of a bitch <laughs> yes yes jack yes yeah Yeah, i'm sure you have cool can't we just play a fun song that people will enjoy like no No. this one's about someone's deathbed it's like oh good yeah the people will love that yeah oh that's gonna be a single is it oh good to hear and it's gonna be in 817 (laughs) come on with me now Um I mean it's not completely dissimilar to that. Okay. Um but but we do we do attempt to have a collaborative sort of sort okay. of writing thing. So usually I'll I'll bring a song. Here's here's an idea I've come up with, here's a riff, here's some parts, this is where I think the song should be going. Yeah. But then it's really a process of us in the practice space and you know, all the guys are uber talented, brilliant musicians who bring, you know, their own thing so I can come <laughs> with a, a rough idea and they'll add something that'll just completely elevate it. And I think in terms of what there is to love about playing music is having other people help make something you've come up with in a very rudimentary form and just instantly make it better mm-hmm. and, and elevate it. And going, wow! I just had this little idea that I was sort of playing around with, but now it's a a full enjoyable thing that you know I couldn't have imagined it being this good.
1: How long have you guys been together?
2: Ages now. So probably yeah. probably been playing on and off in different forms for sort of five six years. Great. So. And it it is the fact that, you know, if I was commanding on some stuff or some other guys wanting stuff to put forward, it's the proof is in the pudding. So if if it wasn't that we felt like we had good songs out the other end, then, you know, how could I go in there and say, oh, we should really go do this? It's only because, oh, yeah, remember that time you did this and it ended up great. I remember the time you added this and it was that you have that trust because at the end of the day, you can agree you'll go actually that one's not good enough okay oh that one's that one's a bit rubbish let's move on and you know
1: let's hear the track this is anna from little fang This is the Garden of Sound interview with Jack Wolf from Little Fang on Planes FM 96.9. Um, uh, we talked about a little five-year-old drummer boy uh, up on the stage. Um, looking back, I don't know, maybe to your early teens or uh, as you started to get into bands, anything you'd, you'd tell
2: Jack? Uh, I mean, other than just sort it out generally, which would be some great advice for yeah. teenage me. Um, I, th- I think that thing I sort of touched on a little before maybe is that I'd always sort of seen music as a closed shop and was a bit afraid to just get into it. I hear, And I hear it from a lot of people now at any age. People go, oh, I'd love to play guitar. And it's like, no, no, you can. There's there's nothing stopping you. That's that's not a rule that you can't play guitar or that it's never too late. That, sure, maybe, maybe you're not going to be up on a stage, blasting, But you could be that. It's it's just it's only time, and it's you know, get a good teacher is great. Do, th- but most of it's just time. Just pick up an instrument, and if you go, oh, I've always wanted to. Oh, it's a bit too late. That's how I okay. thought, and that that's the advice I give. It's like no, no, just get a guitar and give. It. If it's something you want to do, you can just. If you go into a music store, say hi. Oh, I'd like that shiny guitar of the thing. They're not going to say, prove whoa. it. Whoa, whoa, hang <laughs> Where's on. Where's your, your musician card? Yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly yeah. that. Just get it and be terrible and be bad, but know why you're playing and what you kind of want out of it, that you'll still get that. And you'll see just over time, you'll get better and be like, oh, hang on a minute. I I can play that any time. It's never too late. Just just start. First album under your belt. Uh, Singles are coming. Where do you guys
1: want to get to? What's the... Every, is there a big plan? And don't say everywhere. I want. I want you know specific sp- details, specific times, dates. D- okay. Period. Okay.
2: Well, here's our itinerary. <laughs> so next week we're off to Japan. No, if only, Wonderful. if only. Um, mm. Yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to tour everywhere. Live shows are, are life. Yeah. One thing I'd love to do, which is the most lofty, absurd goal that we'll we'll never ever attain, is David Friedman, as one of the greatest producers of all time. That mm-hmm. if if you're talking about the loftiest goals, yes. it'd be like do an album at Tarbox Studios in the U.S. That'd okay. be sure have a lofty ideal but really for us it's just playing live so so to do a do a tour in sort of japan or the uk would be would be the ultimate goal but just play more shows to more people louder at more times is the immediate immediate goal
1: talking about upcoming shows you're going to be playing go live on the 24th of july Ah, uh, you're going to be on the RDU stage. Um, do you know any of the other bands that you're playing with? Hell yes.
2: Mm. There's so many good Christchurch acts in there. Yeah. Um, Sort of in our little sphere. So Marsha, yep. absolutely amazing. We'll just knock it out of the park every yep. time. Same with Joe Sampson. We'll just absolutely kill you anytime. Don't look away. Yeah. It's just bang, I'll have you. Yeah, uh, Dolphin Friendly, another yeah. great young group. And Dilustrate, who are yes. some, some really close friends of ours who are just such... Absolutely insane skilled musicians. Yep. That any time you see them, they'll they'll just absolutely knock you on the ass in the coolest, funnest way possible. Just absolute monster musicians to come out of Christchurch.
1: Very cool. Uh, we're going to go and pay some bills. Uh, then we're going to come back uh, with Jack Wolf and play mini quiz.
2: There's only one way to settle this.
1: There is another way. Visit miniquiz.com and see how your general knowledge stacks up against friends, family and Darren down the road. It's free and a great way to get you ready for the big leagues. Visit miniquiz.com now. That's M-I-N-I-Q-W-I-Z.com and show everyone who the quizzed in your neighbourhood really is. miniquiz.com Start small and do them all. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Jack Wolfe from Little Fang on Planes FM 96.9. We're going to play mini quiz. Uh, You're going to get 10 questions thrust at you uh, consecutively. Um, If you don't know the answer to the question, then just say pass. You're trying to beat six. Six is the top. Is the far. top?
2: What do I get for getting sick? You
1: get the honour and knowing that you beat uh, Greg Haver and a uh, Christchurch-based singer-songwriter Caleb Isaacs. Pass. That's good. Okay, <laughs> I'm, a gonna be I'm a bit practicing. more practicing. Okay, Jack Wolf, your time starts. Now. What's the name of the band made up of Americans Ryan Merchant and Cebu Simonian? Pass. In which city was UB40 formed?
2: Oh, uh, Sheffield. Who had a number one hit posthumously with Voodoo Child? Uh, Surely, Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) Sean Carter
1: is better known by which stage name? Sean Marta. What is the more common name of the American musician and entrepreneur Andre Young?
2: Uh, oh, yes, yes, correct, pass. (laughs) Which musician released the
1: top ten single entitled Treat You Better?
2: I don't know. I don't know music. I'm a musician. I play music. That's I don't know pass. music. Pass. Which Lady Gaga Mark Ronson
1: track won best original song at Son the of 2018 Academy Awards? I don't know. All of them. <laughs> and finally which Elton John song starts with the lyrics it's a
2: little bit funny this feeling inside I'm not one of those who can easily hide do you have another quiz which is more about 90s alternate British or American acts and could we could we defer to that I'll take that as a pass is that zero is that a strong zero
1: uh, no that's a strong one good that's, that's alright you got you got one there alright uh, Capital Cities oh. that's Ryan Merchant and Sebu Simonian UB40 uh, UB was formed in Birmingham, 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 um, Sean Carter, better known as Jay-Z, Andre Young, Dr. Dre. Good. You'll remember all of these when you oh. go to the pub quiz. I don't um, I don't want to go anywhere now. Treat- I don't want to, I
2: want to hide, hide under a bed
1: after that. Showing. Treat you better, Sean Mendes, <laughs> Lady Gaga, Mark Ronson, Shallow. It was a massive hit
2: on radio. Radio,
1: I know. Do you not listen to the radio? I listen
2: listen to planes FM and nothing else. Okay. If it hasn't been on planes, Planes. not interested. Uh, And finally, your song. Yeah, I I could have got that, but I was I was so panicked at that stage that I thought it was better just to die a death. (laughs) It's all wrong. Yeah. Um. So we've got
1: go live coming up, uh, on the twenty fourth. We need to get some tickets to that, which is all good. Can we hear another little Fang track to take us out today?
2: Uh, you can hear the the last single, Overload, which I think is something that speaks to my love of overly loud guitars and mm-hmm. trying to throw everything at once. into a thing, this is my attempt at writing a love song, which I think is as close and as loud uh, as we'll get to something like that. Amazing. Yeah. Jack, thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>
1: Thanks for joining me today on the show. Thanks also to Jack Wolfe from Little Fang for keeping me entertained for an hour. If you want to find out more about the band, then head to gardenofsound.nz and click on the band's image on the front page. From there, you can get tickets to see Little Fang play Go Live Festival on July 24th. I'm Ian Turner. I look forward to bringing you Garden of Sound same time next week. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening and keep playing. in e no ho